We need a governor who's going to stand up and, and say no to those ideas and be a champion for our Montana way of life and our Montana quality of life. This is MCV Cast, Season 2, Episode 2. I'm Aaron Murphy, Executive Director of Montana Conservation Voters, and that was Lieutenant Governor Mike Cooney, MCV's endorsed candidate for Montana governor. We'll hear more from the LG in a few moments. It is July 1st, and we're putting out this week's podcast a bit early. We know that when Independence Day falls on a Saturday in Montana, this week can be a short one for many folks. We hope your 4th of July is safe and hopefully outside. As always, I'm joined by political director Jake Brown and deputy director Whitney Tawney. We've got Montana results from the newest Winning the West poll and, of course, headlines. Whitney, let's start with you because you've been following yet another twist on Capitol Hill regarding America's embattled BLM chief. That's right. It's very exciting for Capitol Hill nerds like me. Late last Friday afternoon, the Trump administration announced their intention to finally nominate William Perry Penley for director of the Bureau of Land Management. This is a big deal because it means Montanans may finally get some answers through a formal vetting process in the Senate. Penley has been in his post as acting director for nearly a year, which is beyond concerning and kind of baffling because he has a long record of supporting the sell-off of our public lands. This nomination comes on the heels of MCV's letter asking Montana's congressional delegation for an up or down vote on his position at BLM. Of course, only Senator Tester has responded, and we still haven't heard a peep from either Congressman Greg Gianforte or Senator Steve Daines. Let's stay on Senator Daines for a minute because he's also trying to make a splash by imposing harsher fines on illegal wilderness landings. Whitney, why does that ring kind of hollow? Well, sorry, Senator Daines, but we still remember in 2018 that you wrote a letter to the Secretary of Agriculture requesting that he open up eight more airstrips in the Bob Marshall Wilderness. So yeah, this legislation to impose harsher penalties for illegally landing in wilderness seems like an attempt to rewrite history. Trust us, we're appalled that the folks who illegally landed their helicopter in the Bob Marshall to fish a few weeks ago were only fined $500. But although we're grateful Senator Daines appears to be learning the value of wilderness, we remain skeptics because we also remember that he recently led an effort to release more than 350,000 acres of Montana wilderness study areas, effectively the largest reduction in protected public lands in Montana's history. Thanks, Whitney. This past week, we got new information about how the Green Party ended up on Montana's ballot this year without the Green Party's knowledge. Jake Brown, this doesn't quite pass the smell test. That's right, Murph. There was some really good recent reporting about who paid to get the Green Party on the ballot this election, and to no one's surprise, it wasn't the Green Party. Uh, Records show a conservative-leaning special interest group called Citizens for Self-Governance has been funding the Go Green Pack which has been running a number of online ads to support the Green candidate for the U.S. Senate, Wendy Fredrickson. Uh, There's no question that this Citizens for Self-Governance group has ties to the GOP. One of the group's directors is a Texas oil and gas executive who has given over 40 grand to the Montana GOP and Steve Daines' campaign and has spent over $2 million trying to unseat Senator Tester last election cycle. A wealthy oil and gas executive funding a Green Party candidate? Yeah, it doesn't pass the smell test. Montana Conservation Voters has not endorsed any Green Party candidates. Only one of them, in fact, even asked for our endorsement. 
Now a quick update on the Great American Outdoors Act, the landmark legislation that fully funds the Land and Water Conservation Fund in perpetuity. It passed the U.S. Senate a couple weeks ago with overwhelming bipartisan support. The Great American Outdoors Act is legislation we at MCV fully support. Now our focus is on the U.S. House of Representatives, which is supposed to take up the bill later this month. Congressman Greg Gianforte, who is currently running for Montana governor after only two years in Congress, recently released a very perfunctory statement of support, urging the House to take up this bill. To our knowledge, it is the first and last time Greg Gianforte has ever said anything publicly about it. We're glad the congressman says he supports this bill, but as of this recording, the Great American Outdoors Act has 28 sponsors in the House, 18 Democrats, and 10 Republicans. Congressman Gianforte is not one of them. The legislation is supported by the overwhelming majority of Montana Democrats and Republicans. And your job as our sole congressman is to show up and represent us. So I'm calling you today to ask that you do your job and co-sponsor this important bill. That was this week's guest ribbing Congressman Greg Gianforte on social media the other day. Whitney Tani caught up with him. Today's guest is Lieutenant Governor Mike Cooney, who is running for Montana governor. The Lieutenant Governor has over 40 years under his belt as a public servant. First elected at the age of 22, the Lieutenant Governor has also served in both houses of the Montana Legislature and as Secretary of State. As a conservation champion for MCV, the Lieutenant Governor has swept up endorsements from MCV, the Montana Federation of Public Employees, Senator Max Baucus, Senator John Tester, Governor Steve Bullock, and so many more. Hailing from Butte, our Lieutenant Governor has his bachelor's degree from the University of Montana, go Grizz, three grown children, a brand new grandson, and lives in Helena with his wife, Deanne. Thanks so much for being here with us today. Thank you very much, Whitney. Appreciate it. So we've endorsed you because we know your record, but to folks listening who may not know you as well, what's your message to them and why would you be our best next governor? Well, uh, very first of all, thanks very much for giving me the opportunity to come on this podcast and to have a conversation with people around the state. Uh, it's a great question, and I think we just need to uh, take a good hard look at you know some of the things that I've been involved with throughout my career as a public servant. And let me say right off the bat, I'm very proud of being a public servant and having had the opportunity to work for the people of Montana for a good part of my life. I think that's a it's something that I've been grateful to the people of Montana for, and I look forward to having another uh, stint with them as their next governor. Montana is such a, a wonderful place, and uh, one of the reasons I ran for governor is because you know I'm, I'm raising three children uh, in this state and now a brand new grandson. And uh, I know they all want to be in Montana. They want to be able to enjoy the quality of life that we have. They want to be able to enjoy our public lands. They want to be able to get out and enjoy the clean air, the clean water. And so do so many other people. We also know that that is a, a driver of our economy. And I've fought long and hard throughout my career to protect those things and to advance open space and to advance people having access to our, our beautiful state, whether it's for hunting, fishing, or just getting out and enjoying it. Uh, that is at risk. 
And I know that uh, uh, when it comes to looking at uh, the choices Montanans are going to be able to make in this next election, they're going to find in our candidacy somebody who supports maintaining and growing our opportunities uh, for Montana, our outdoor economy, um, as well as, you know, just the, our ability to uh, get out and enjoy Montana. We know there are people who are going to attack that. They want to change our way of life. They want to privatize our public lands. They want to create problems such as taking federal lands and, and giving them to the states, understanding that it would really be a terrific uh, burden for states to manage all of that. And we need a governor who's going to stand up and, and say no to those ideas and be a champion for our Montana way of life and our Montana quality of life. And uh, uh, I've always fought for that. My running mate, Casey Schreiner, has always, uh, this has been a big priority for him throughout his public career. And we need a governor and a lieutenant governor who will stand up to any attempts to change that and to literally make us take steps backwards. We won't do that. Well, we totally agree with all of that. And we know that our public lands and our stream access are really king here in the state and make Montana what it is. Um, but in 2009, your opponent, Congressman Greg Gianforte, sued the state over a fishing access site near his property. So kind of digging further into that, how will you keep the state what it is by protecting our public lands and our stream access? First of all, uh, the next governor, as we've seen with the past two governors, is going to have to be a, a real strong uh, backboard for uh, basically protecting Montanans against, uh, against really bad legislation. And uh, you know, I can tell you right now, uh, there are, are numerous examples where both Governor Schweitzer and Governor Bullock have had to pull out the veto pen to protect Montana's interests when it comes to stream access, when it comes to access to public lands, expanding our access to, to lands throughout Montana that now are difficult to access or impossible to access. Um, and so uh, that is first and foremost. But as governor, I plan on being a champion to try to promote and to protect all of those things, whether it's public access, whether it's uh, fishing access to fishing sites, um, expanding our office of outdoor recreation, unlocking our public lands, promoting block management, and uh, and 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 really being a champion for programs that we have in Montana that we know work and they work so well, such as Habitat Montana. Those, these, you know, it's a simple, it's a simple thing in so many ways. These are Montana values. And I, I truly believe that I've understood this throughout my career in government. And, uh, and I think it's so vitally important that we have a champion in the governor's office who will continue to not only fight hard to protect those things, but fight very hard to make sure that we are opening every opportunity we have to expand our, our opportunities to get out and enjoy Montana and enjoy our way of life. So as kind of follow up to that, what do you think our biggest threat to Montana's public lands are today? And how would you protect them as governor? Yeah. Well, I think, uh, first of all, I'd like to maybe take a little bit different approach um, to start with and just say, I think uh, what we really need to do is continue to build uh, relationships with landowners uh, throughout the state of Montana, work hard to use what programs we have, be creative at finding new programs to incentivize uh, our opportunities to expand access to lands throughout Montana. I think, you know, obviously throughout my career, I've been able to work 
with people on both sides of the political aisle to sit down and to really come up with some creative solutions to some very difficult pro problems. And, and when you're dealing with public lands and access and so forth, uh, you need to continue to do that. And I, and I want to take that positive step in, in trying to build those relationships and to continue to build them and to make positive uh, steps forward. But we do know that there are going to be people who are going to try to change our, our, what we have in Montana because they do not believe, they believe public lands would be better off being held in private hands. And, and we need to constantly be protecting uh, against those kind of efforts. So it means standing up, making sure you're ready to veto something. But before you even get to the point of having to veto something, we need to be working with the legislature to stop bad legislation that we, you know, that we know will probably be coming forward. And if we can't stop it, we'll veto it. We'll make sure it's done. But we also need to be at the same time working hard to promote uh, those good programs and making sure that we're doing everything to work with people throughout the state um, who may have different opinions on many different aspects of this. But we also know that Montanans very often come to an agreement because they still believe that Montana is worth fighting for and that our outdoor heritage is something that is very valuable, not only for today's generation, but future generations. And we need to fight to put us in the strongest position to make sure we accomplish that. Definitely. And one of those ways I think you already mentioned is through Habitat Montana, because it's funding conservation here in our state and has been super successful at doing so. So how would you protect funding initiatives like that and funding tools in your state budget when you are governor? We got to make it a priority. I mean, really, when you write a budget, you are, you know, basically writing what the priorities of your state will be. And uh, again, our open spaces and the ability to expand and give Montanans greater opportunity is a Montana priority. And so we need to make sure that uh, we're not only just protecting the things that we have, but we know that there are other very creative ways that uh, will come forward and that we can promote and champion to, to make sure that we're using all the tools available and making sure that we are funding these programs uh, properly so that they can really accomplish what they're set out to do. I mean, Habitat Montana is a perfect example. And I can just tell you right now, I will absolutely ensure that Habitat Montana and programs like it remain strong and, and that any attempt to weaken them, whether it's through the budget process or through the legislative process, will be met with real opposition. So another thing that we've really been paying a close attention to um, at MCV is full and permanent funding for our public lands through the Land and Water Conservation Fund. Mm -hmm. It's actually headed to the U.S. House floor this month. Um, so if the bill becomes law, what will that mean for Montana and how will you utilize it here? Because that's $900 million per year in perpetuity. Now, not all coming to Montana, but it's a huge opportunity. Well, it is. It is huge opportunities. And it's been somewhat painful watching what has happened in Washington, D.C. And, and we've seen some of our politicians really flip flop all over the place. I mean, we're very fortunate that we've had uh, senators like John Tester standing up firmly, uh, supporting uh, that and, and basically fighting like heck to get it passed. So, uh, but it looks like it's going to work. And uh, perhaps some of the non-believers are are now going to uh, become believers, and that's a good thing, and that'll open up a lot of uh, opportunity for Montanans to uh, really start funding some things that have been kind of 
uh, pushed aside. We, we won't have to be, we won't have to wait. We can start working on uh, these things. It'll open up great opportunities uh, for further, uh, uh, for further access and, and improving, I think, a lot of infrastructure that has been waiting out there uh, for improvement. So I'm very excited about it. Um, uh, again, it's a, it's a DC thing. Um, and all I can say is John Tester and, uh, and uh, the folks who have joined him in, in really supporting this deserve a tremendous amount of uh, credit for, for leading this and not giving up uh, when so many people would have walked away thinking they were defeated. 100%. Um, so we've been talking a lot about our public lands, but our public lands also will cease to exist if um, we don't have a healthy environment and climate. So what do you want young people who are concerned about climate change to know about a CUNY administration? I've talked to a lot of young people throughout this campaign, and I know they're very concerned. And I'll be honest, I think there are more other Montanans who are equally as concerned. They're starting to see the effect of, of climate change. We, we need to, as a state, really begin to make addressing climate a priority. Montana has been a state that has been a very, you know, really a, a, an incredible producer of, uh, in the energy field over the last, uh, you know, hundred and some years as a state. It's been oil, gas, and coal. And it's actually, you know, it's treated us pretty well, but there have been consequences that we need to address. And we need to understand that the market is truly changing. So Montana really, you know, made an effort to become a champion when it came to energy production years ago. We need to begin to become a champion as we are looking at how we best utilize our uh, renewable energy sources in Montana. We have the capacity to produce incredible amounts of electricity using solar and, and wind energy, geothermal. We need to move more aggressively in that area. And, and all I can say is, uh, uh, not only is the market changing, we, and that should be forcing our hand, but Montana has great opportunity to continue to be king when it comes to renewable energy uh, development in this country. And if we don't step forward and, uh, and truly put uh, everything we have towards us, we will let an opportunity pass us by. Yes. Excited about a carbon-free future eventually for us, hopefully. so We can do it. We can do it. We absolutely can. So further, um, how will climate breakdown factor into your decisions as chair of the Montana Land Board? First of all, the Land Board has to make decisions based on how to get the best return to the trust. But the Land Board has a lot of authority on, on making sure that the decisions that we're making are in the best interest of the state of Montana fiscally, but also uh, that it's in the best interest of the state uh, from the, for the long term. We've seen in the last four years how critical the land board can be and how easy it is for the land board to make very bad decisions, which then have to be corrected. What I'm very much hoping for is that we're going to have a land board committed to working more closely together, making better decisions um, when it comes to the different decisions we'll be making on the land board. And I had the privilege of serving for 12 years on the state land board. And uh, I just know exactly the sorts of issues that come before it and the importance that, it, it, that those decisions are for the people of Montana. Well, we're thankful for your time on the land board because it means you really know it. And we're also... Thankful for the significant time that you've put into serving the people of Montana throughout your life. So what is something that you're most proud of that's really protected Montana's outdoor heritage? 
One of the things that, that I'm very proud of, and this was back when I was on the land board, we were very concerned about the number of inholdings that, uh, you know, frankly, we were not even getting lease money on because they were inholdings and they're hard to manage. And we figured out a way of uh, encouraging people to consider working with the state to either provide for access to those inholdings or to basically come up with a land swap idea. And we've been able to, we were able to put together land banking uh, concept, which I think has worked out very well since I was on the land board. And through the concept of working with uh, lessees and working with people who have large tracts of land that have these inholdings that uh, frankly, Montanans don't have access to, we've been able to make some, some really creative uh, uh, trades with people and to work with folks uh, throughout the, the state to, to open up more of those lands through a very creative means. It doesn't answer all of the questions we're trying to deal with, but it's a great start. And I think it sets the framework for uh, allowing other programs to come about to address these things so that Montanans have greater access to, to some of these lands. I think it's about, you know, there, there's, there's a lot of land out there that's locked up, whether it's, uh, you know, land that we can't have access to, uh, and they're like 3.5 million acres. And uh, we need to continue to uh, chip away at making sure that we're doing everything we can. And we started doing that with, with the land board actions uh, many years ago, and it's a program that's still in place, and that was the right thing to do then, and it's proven now that it was, uh, it's the right thing to do now. So we need to continue to, to look at those sorts of uh, those sorts of programs to, to continue our efforts. And I'm very proud of the fact that we were able to do that. So as former Secretary of State, um, we obviously are coming up on a big election. Um, how are you going to ensure absentee voting is an option for all Montanans who register to vote in the future? First of all, when I was Secretary of State, I was very proud to uh, promote the uh, legislation that allowed for us to have basically a no-excuse absentee balloting. Before that bill passed, uh, people had to literally sign an affidavit saying that they were going to be absent from the county or incapacitated and not allowed to go to the polling places. Um, and many people still ask, ask for an absentee ballot, but uh, technically they were breaking the law. We found that to be unacceptable, and so we got the legislature to pass a bill saying that you did not need an excuse. You did not need to sign an affidavit, and it opened it up. And that then led to, you know, other, I think, very good reforms in elections, such as same-day voter registration, which we need to con we need to constantly protect. And then um, in the last primary, as we saw, uh, because of COVID, we were able to conduct uh, the first ever all-state uh, mail-in ballot uh, election. We can have a much easier, much more understandable system and maintain our security and denying people their access to the election process is not the way to go. And I will use every tool in the toolbox to make sure that doesn't happen. That's great. Um, well, thank you so much for this conversation. And before we wrap up, what can listeners do right now to be helpful to you and your campaign? First of all, uh, they could certainly go to our website, which is cooneyformontana.com. Uh, they can learn more about the uh, campaign by just clicking on that. I'm running against a fella who has very deep pockets. He's already loaned his campaign one and a half million dollars and we anticipate he's gonna to continue to do that. I don't have the capability of, of loaning my campaign that kind of money and frankly, I think that's wrong. 
Uh, so I'm really dependent on people throughout the state. I'm not going to outspend them, but I've got to outwork them and I've got to compete with them. So um, uh, first of all, I need their votes. I need them to be talking to their friends and neighbors, writing letters to the editor. And if you can help out a little bit financially, that would be great. Thank you so much for being here with us. And we will chat again soon. Thank you so much, Whitney. I sure appreciate it. reminder that MCV's endorsements are not made by the staff of Montana Conservation Voters. The independent board of directors of the MCV Action Fund makes all endorsement decisions about candidates and does not make decisions based on political party affiliation. You can find all our endorsements on our new website, mtvoters.org endorsements. Before we go today, our friends at the Center for Western Priorities down in Colorado released the results of their latest Winning the West poll, which spent time with more than 400 Montanans in June. Jake, what are the key takeaways? Well, Murph, we've always known that voters across the West support our public lands and, and that our public lands are actually a factor in, for voters in deciding who to vote for. Um, but this pandemic has actually just intensified that support. A third of the poll respondents said that the public lands are more important to them now than before the pandemic. A majority of respondents also agreed that parks and trails should be cautiously reopened and that people should still socially distance from each other and even use a mask when our outdoor spaces are especially crowded. Uh, One interesting thing I pulled from this survey is that three quarters of the respondents said that they will visit a national park when the pandemic is over, which is some good news for Montana's tourism industry. The poll also found that a majority of the respondents opposed loosening environmental regulation during the pandemic, which is something that unfortunately we've seen a lot of in the past three months. Overall, voters in the West support environmental regulations, proactive public land measures, and want to vote for the candidates who also support those measures. There's a link to that poll in our show notes. While you're at it, give us a follow on social media. We're on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram, all at MTVoters. And we'll be back next week. A special thanks to Bill Lombardi for his original music used with permission on MCV Cast. Have a safe and happy Independence Day weekend. We'll leave you with a little more of MCV's endorsed candidate for governor, Mike Cooney. Good afternoon, Congressman. Um, Lieutenant Governor Mike Cooney here. Hey, I read in the paper this morning that you're supporting the Great American Outdoors Act. It's a bit curious to me. Uh, given your extreme anti-public lands record and your vocal opposition to this bill for months. You know, this is your chance to stop paying, playing political games with our public lands and to prove to Montanans that your support for the bill is more than uh, meaningless words, which frankly we've all grown accustomed to. Mm-hmm.